What a great time as we're celebrating Christmas. If you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Again, thanks, Eric, for putting this together. Blair, honey, I lost her. Up top. Blair, honey, you really spoke to my heart. Thanks, sweetie. And uh, um, Mr. Smith always does a good job. Thanks, Lucy, for what for your... I'm just telling you, we're, we are blessed. To whom much is given, much is required. Luke 2, and then you can give me your attention just for a second. A message entitled, Celebration of Christmas. <clears throat> and I want to tell you... Uh, uh, this is the last Sunday before Christmas Day. It's true. Wednesday night we have our uh, uh, candlelight service at 6.30. Hope you'll be here. It's the last Sunday before Christmas Day. I mean, it, it kind of makes you want to sing something like, It's the most wonderful time of the year. Man, it is. And I understand that's a secular song. Don't anybody have a heart attack or pass out? It'll be okay. I will tell you one of my most favorite Christmas songs, Christian Christmas song. It's a real old song, Eric, but that's okay. I'm old, okay? It's entitled, Come On, Ring Those Bells. And it, and it says, Come on, ring those bells, light the Christmas tree. Jesus is the King, born for you and me. I love the second verse of that song. It says, Celebrations come because of something good, and there are celebrations we love to recall. Mary had a baby boy in Bethlehem, the greatest celebration of them all. Here's what I'm going to tell you this morning. Now, you just might want to take a match and strike it under you because you're not going to like this sermon if you're determined to sit there and uh, like a bump on a log. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Even the deadest church in the world, even the coldest Christian in the world, even the most hard-hearted Christian in the world, even the most staid church member in the world will get excited and celebrate when they realize what happened in Bethlehem. Because you see, in Bethlehem, God came to earth. He sent Jesus. It gives us a reason to celebrate. It's Jesus. You see, it was in the Garden of Eden that God promised to send someone. It was in the shadow of that first sin that God said, I'm going to send somebody, and he's going to crush the head of Satan, and he's going to make evil right. I'm going to send somebody who will make you right. And he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. And the truth is, is that Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is the Savior of the world. God announced it. On that first Christmas, God delivered it. I love that video where it showed the baby Noel being born. You see, he is the reason we celebrate. He is the reason that we have life. He came to set us free. He came, and that is whew, God coming to earth. If you can't get excited about that, don't get excited about your favorite present. Because God sent Jesus. Be clear about this. This thing called the Christian life, it's not about trying harder. We've worn ourselves out. If you want to know the truth, I know I've only been here three months, but I can tell you in America, everywhere I go, we have worn ourselves out simply trying harder. 
This is not just simply about behavior modification. The reason many of you might be discouraged is because you try to change behavior that you know wasn't pleasing to God. You try to do it on your own, and it doesn't work because that old man flesh keeps pulling you back. Jesus came to earth not to, not to just modify our behavior or make us try harder. He came to transform our hearts. He came to pay the price for our sin and then to forgive you and me of our sin and to make us right with the Father. God sent Jesus to this earth and he came and he lived a life we can only dream of, a perfect life. Then he died the death of a sinner for you and for me so that we could find forgiveness in him. Then he rose from the dead. Then he ascended to heaven and now he sees at the Father making us right before him. And he comes into our lives to transform our lives. That's the Christmas story. Okay, contain your excitement. Contain your excitement. I want you to look in the Bible with me. Let's read this story. We're going to read 20 verses together. And uh, um, you, will have, you are very familiar with this, if you will. If you found Luke 2, would you, if you can and will, would you stand to honor the reading of God's holy word? Listen and follow along because it is indeed God's holy word. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Crianius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Creek people, that's a feeding trough. Because there was no place, no room for them in the end. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. (coughs) You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I am reading a different translation. I understand many translations says, and goodwill, peace and goodwill to all men. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem 
and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it can speak to our hearts, and I pray that today, in the wake of us celebrating your perfect gift to us, I pray that today that Christ will be born in us again, that our hearts will be ignited and excited. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Have you ever wondered... I mean, you've read this story many times in Luke 2. Have you ever wondered why in the world did God choose shepherds? Why didn't he choose kings or princes or people of status and statue? Shepherds had no status. Shepherds had no statue in that in that community. They generally were poor. They smelled like sheep. Does everybody want to, does anybody want to know what a sheep smelled like? I mean, this was the lowest of the low. This, the, these were people that, that had no education likely, probably had no resources. Why in the world did the King of glory, the Lord of creation, choose shepherds? Could it be because all of the things I just said? Could he have chose the shepherds because they were lowly, because they had no status, because they had no stature, because they had no resources, because he knew he could announce to them and they would take time to go and respond to what he had told them. They had no places to go. They had no things to do. They had no people to see. They turned loose of their responsibility And they responded to the angel's call that God had given them a gift to the earth. I mean, they didn't have a great deal of stuff to get excited about. Certainly weren't excited about being on a hillside with sheep. Particularly this Christmas season. Particularly this this Christmas season. When our country is in such turmoil, we need to be having a celebration like the shepherds did. Okay, I want us to practice this. I feel like you're going to sleep on me. Today is Christmas. I mean, today is the last Sunday before Christmas, so I'm going to walk down the aisle and I'm going to breathe on you if you don't say. I want you to say amen. One, two, three. Amen. Thank you. Everybody's awake. Okay. My son told me one time to quit shouting in church because I'd wake somebody up. Uh, So I want us to be awake. I'm telling you, Jesus came to earth. We should be excited about it, no matter what's going on out there. You see, 
This is the time, this Christmas, this season, when we can be a bigger witness than ever before. Our country is in turmoil. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to hear what I'm about to say to you. You're going to hear it again in two weeks with the State of a Church Address because it impacts the work of Christ so much. I saw a TV. I saw a, a TV survey results, the results of a TV survey. You probably saw it. It gave us the top three emotions in America today. You know what they are? And every one of them's over 50%. Number one's anger. Number two is they're scared, fear. And number three, they're embarrassed. Now it's true. We guys who know Jesus, we could say, this is no time for us to go be telling about Jesus. They're not going to listen anyway. Or we could say, what better setup to offer the answer for the ages? Jesus is the answer for the ages. This reminds me of that old story, folks. But, and you've heard it because preachers have been telling it for a hundred years. I bet Hiram Campbell told him when he was a young man is that there were two shoe salesmen that went to India or Africa or someplace over there. They were sent by two different companies. The first guy got there, and three days later, he wired back, and he said, I'm coming home. There's no market here. Everybody's barefooted. Three days later, the other guy wired back and said, send me every shoe you got. Everybody needs shoes. Here's what I'm telling you today. This country, this culture, this creek needs Jesus. And we're the ones charged with the responsibility this morning. Y'all like our ties? Brother Sherman asked us to wear ties today for the Lord's Supper. I was in there trying to find a tie. And Deborah, who is getting better, she's not here today, but she is getting better. She said, Jerry, I think somebody just rung our doorbell. And I go to the doorbell. And there stands that I do not know. He lives over here on 10 Mile Creek Road. And he says, are you the pastor of this church? I started to say that depends. But I didn't. I said, yes, I am. And he goes, aren't y'all doing something to help children at Christmas that can't, that's not going to have a Christmas? I said, we have some folks in our church doing it. I have not been personally involved, but I'll see if I can give you some information. He said, well, I got some bags of stuff for those children. Out of that conversation ensued. He's been in our community five years, lives right over here on 10 Mile Creek Road and never been to church. And I asked him, I said, I'd love for you to come to church. He said, well, I've been eyeballing that church, preacher. My point is this. There are people all around us. <coughs> You've heard the old term, you can't see the forest for the trees. Could it be that you're so familiar with the creek and the people that are on the creek? You've lost sight of the fact that there are people outside of the faith in Christ, outside of the church, people we need to reach. I want to just remind you, uh, Andre Crouch wrote 
40 years ago, the words to this song. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other because Jesus is the way. Brothers and sisters, celebrations should be our badge of honor. You know why? Because Jesus is our Lord. The joy of the Lord is the strength, and Jesus is the reason for our joy. He left heaven, and he came to earth to bring joy. In the love gift from the Father, we have cause to sing like the angels and the shepherds and glorify and praise God. When will we? Baptist? I'm going to pick on us today, so if you don't like it, you might want to put your fingers in your ear. Baptists, when will we celebrate? When will this become a celebration of Jesus? I'm going to take our cue from the shepherds, and I'm going to offer you three three times. There are, there are three points, three times, three uh, uh, occasions that we that have to happen before we'll, we'll celebrate like the shepherds. Number one, we'll celebrate like the shepherds when... We seek like the shepherds. I want you to, if you look in your scripture, what you'll discover is that they were given the word by the Father through the angels. And honestly, they got excited about what they heard. And they said, in the spirit of Todd Beamer on 9-11, let's roll. We simply can't stay here. We must go check it out. They were excited. For all those real state members, that means they were moved. Okay? They were excited. Are you guys okay today? Did y'all not get enough sleep last night? The truth is, they were excited and moved enough to follow the words that God had sent to them. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know exactly what they're doing. The way wasn't perfectly clear. But they had heard from heaven and they believed what they had heard. You know, I put it this way. They believed that if they did their best, God would do the rest. They heard God. If they did their best to follow God under his leadership, he would do the rest. Brothers and sisters, can we adopt that here? If we will hear from God, if we will do our best, he'll do the rest. But we have to seek him like they did. Now, seeking Seeking is not just, well, if I can find. I mean, I want you to think about this. I'm about to get into your business. Everybody in this room seeks something, or even several somethings. Some are seeking a better job, want to add on to their house, they want a larger house, they want a nicer car, want more activities. I want to be released from this lockdown. If you want to know what I'm seeking, I'm seeking to get released from this mask. We're all seeking something. Others are seeking things that are about to pull you down. You're, you're seeking relief from pressure and stress and even loss. Those things can steal your joy. Pressure, stress, loss. Heartache, heartache, hurt. You know what the truth is? When we learn to seek Jesus passionately, all these things may be added or deleted as God needs to do when we seek Him. 
didn't, isn't there a scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added? We have to seek first like the shepherds. What are you seeking? What, what has your time? What has your attention? You see, the baby Jesus came to earth to set you free. And him who the Son set free is free indeed. Now, if you're happy and you know it, notify your face. Because you see, if we're going to celebrate Christmas, we're going to have to seek like the shepherds. But you know what follows that? When we seek like the shepherds, number two, then we will see like the shepherds. I mean, I want you to think about it. The Bible says they came with haste. That meant they run toward, they ran toward what Jesus, what God had revealed to them through the angel. They had run toward Jesus and they found Mary and Joseph and they found the baby they had been promised in a manger. They came seeking. Now look, I wonder, I wonder how many wrong turns they took. I wonder how many roadblocks they ran into. I wonder how many dead ends that they came to. When they weren't sure, they didn't stop. You know why? Because they heard, they listened to, and they responded to the Word of God. And what was their reward? Please listen. Their reward was they got to see the baby. They got to see Jesus. They got to see the one who had been promised since the Garden of Eden. Man, the same thing can happen to us. Don't get mad at me. But I'm here a short period of time, and I'm going to ride that horse as long as I can ride it. But I wonder if the reason we don't get to see the, the mighty and the marvelous and the miraculous works of God like we'd like is because we don't seek him like we should. There's other things that we're seeking, but not him. Okay, I'm about to sit down, Baptist. When they, when they saw the baby... When their faith became sight, when they took the trip and they saw the baby, I believe they shouted. Did you see on the screen? They saw the baby up there, man, and they got smiles on their faces. They were excited. I believe that. I believe they shouted. What happened to shouting, Baptist? I miss them. Shouting because they were excited about Jesus, not because, not because they just needed to shout. And now already somebody's going, now preacher, we love you. We glad for you to be here and all that you're doing, but don't get us out of control. Don't get so much emotion that, that, that is, that it goes crazy. Let me just tell y'all, we're a long way from that. It's a lot easier to guide a ship that's in motion than wake a corpse. 
You see, folks, we celebrate babies all the time. Y'all pray for Hannah and Evan. As Hannah's COVID was winding down, Evan tested positive this week. He's getting a little bit of cabin fever, and he's watching me, so I know that he's hearing every word that I say. We're excited about that baby coming. We want both of them to get healthy so that baby can... We get excited about that. We're getting excited about Hannah and Evan's baby. And that's great. But listen, have you thought about the lineage of this baby that we're talking about today? Mary, a virgin, the mother, God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, the Father. Woo! We got something to see. We got something to say. We got something to tell. We got something to show. You see, excitement about Jesus leads to a celebration of Jesus. When the shepherds got there, I think they had a party all the way home. Why is it in the American culture that... When people think of Jesus, they don't think of having a party. Hello? You see, folks, when we walk with Jesus in the freeness of walking with him, I believe the party will come because we have been set free. Can you imagine going to prison and being let out? That's what happened to you if you've been saved. You were in the prison of darkness. You were in the prison of sin. And Jesus sprung you. And you didn't even have to go through probation. He let you go. What a reason to be excited. If we're going to have a celebration, if we're going to celebrate Christmas, it'll begin when we seek like the shepherds so that we can see like the shepherds so that we can, number three, share like the shepherds. Man, I love this part. Verse 17, let's just start there. And when they saw it, that it would be the manger and the baby in the manger, and when they saw it, look at those next three words, they made it known. They let everybody know. They told it. It wasn't just a story that they told. Please listen. This is important, Baptist. It's not just a story they told. It was an experience they had. It was an experience they had. They wanted everybody to know about the goodness and the greatness and the grace of God. And then you scoot down in verse 20. And the shepherds returned. They returned home, glorifying and praising God. That sounds like a party to me. I know I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but it sounds like a like a party to me when they told what they had experienced. By the way, May I just pause a second and say this? You can't share what you don't have. You have no desire to share what you don't have. Over the next month or so, I'm going to really, I feel led to really drill this down for us. People are lost all around us, but yet in the church. We're not, we don't tell. I heard a a preacher who I follow regularly say, he was talking to his congregation. He said, you don't even invite people to church anymore so they can hear the gospel. 
You can't tell what you do. You can't share what you don't have. You can't share what you haven't experienced. You can't tell the story. And you lose your desire to. Maybe somebody can shame you into doing it. But when it becomes real to you, you want to tell it. I want to say this to you. If you were in your house tonight and the house caught on fire, you couldn't find a way out, and the fire department came, and they knocked out the window just before the fire got you. They pulled you out. A couple of things, you'd never forget that experience. Oh, you may or may not remember the day or date, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't forget that experience. Number two, you probably wouldn't forget the face of the guy that came in with his mask on and pulled you out. It would be indelibly imprinted on your mind. When Jesus comes to us, he comes and he finds us just as sure as we're on our way to a fire called hell, and he pulls us out. By the way, if that were to happen to you, do you think you'd ever tell that story again? If you were in a fire and the fireman came and pulled you out, you know what I'm guessing? I'm guessing every time you got somebody you hadn't seen in a while, you don't know what happened to me. I almost died. And I was on my last breath, and the fireman came in and saved me. Let me just say this to everybody in this room. If you don't know it, you were on your last breath. You were on your way to death. When Jesus reached in and changed you. And if he didn't, if you don't share that testimony, in just a moment I'm going to give you an opportunity to trust Christ. This baby of a manger who became the Lamb of Calvary. You see, folks, God has come to earth for us. Did you get that? God has come to earth for us. When the reality of that truth captivates our soul, we will do just like the shepherds and will return glorifying and praising God. You know why? Because in the historical context, the people who walked in darkness have now seen a great light. In the spiritual context, the people who are walking in darkness now have a great light. And that light is Jesus. Because we were in darkness, and Jesus came giving us life and life, we have a reason to celebrate. Like you, I have a number of classmates and friends who have loved ones who are sick. We've experienced it around here. They're literally at death's door. And then... You can equate it to modern medicine, but I'll just tell you, there would be no medicine without the great physician overseeing medicine. A doctor worth his salt will tell you he can do all he can do, but God does the healing. But when someone survives, when someone comes out of ICU, when someone comes off a ventilator, family cannot stop 
from telling people. And there's a celebration. There's joy. Well, when you have life, you'll get, you'll get excited about it. You'll want to share it with somebody. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what celebrating Christmas is all about. It's the good news that Jesus was born. In just a second, we're going to come to the other end of his life. He was born to die, to die for you and for me. Is he your Savior? I mean, let me be clear. It kind of rubs me the wrong way when I hear people go, well, we're all the children of God. No. No. I don't care if you're a millennial that has decided to buy into that. That's not what the Scripture says. We all are indeed a creation of God. We're created by His hand. But in order to be a child of God, you've got to be born in the family. Have you been born in the family? If you have, you have reason to celebrate. If you haven't, this is your call today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this room, from the oldest to the youngest, from the longest-term church member to the shortest-term church member. I pray, Lord, that you'll let none of us off the hook today. And I pray that you will birth in us an awareness of where we stand with your son and your family. Pray if there's one here who doesn't know you, has not invited Jesus into their life for the forgiveness of their sin, I pray that they'll give themselves to you today, even as a birthday present, that their lives can be changed, that they can be saved, that they can be reborn into your family.